Iowa's offense, it's been a spring conversation throughout. Cut blocking. It's even more difficult today than it has been before. Is Iowa working upstream? Should they change their philosophy today on Locked On Hawkeyes? Our Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Trent Condon. He's LaShawn Daniels, and this is the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. Well, big thank you to everybody for joining us on the podcast side of things. Also on YouTube, hit that subscribe button while you're there. Five-star reviews if you're on the podcast side. Helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. LaShawn, good to talk to you again a week away as we inch our way towards the open practice later this afternoon. We'll get to hear from the coordinators, including Brian Ferentz, for the first time since his restructured contract. So we got a busy time going on right now. How are things going for you? Good, good. Everything's good. Um, you know, bunch of uh, you know, fun family stuff happening over the past few weeks and next few weeks, which has been fun. And then see a lot of a lot of hard work stuff at at work. So um, it's been good, been good. So we can't really complain on this side of things. Well, I want to talk a little bit about offensive philosophy. And LaShawn, this is a conversation we've had plenty here going back to last season and the run game that just has not worked very well for Iowa here, certainly recently as what we see. Now, a lot of that is offensive line play has not been up to par, but also a piece of this has been the evolution and for all intents and purposes, the taking away of cut blocking in college football where anymore you can't do it. And saw a story earlier this week, Army. You think Army-Navy games, and you think of what Army does year after year, and it's running the triple option. Well, in order to do that, you have to be able to cut block. They can't anymore. For all intents and purposes in college football, that has been completely taken away. It is dangerous, and even the way that Iowa does in their philosophy, there's still plenty of injuries that happen, and the college administrators have worked to get away from that and try to keep guys as healthy as possible. Well, this hurt, and now Army is going to be running still option but they're going to be doing it out of a shotgun and doing it just a different way. And they think that is their best way to be able to compete. I lead that into our conversation about this Iowa offensive philosophy. And we've talked about it plenty that we have seen them move away. It's not zone blocking all the time. Like it was in the past. There is a lot more hat on hat, old school blocking, if you will, that they do. But when you see a story like this, a place like army that basically has to completely change what they're doing offensively, are we getting closer to the point where zone blocking in college, you can still do it in the NFL, but in college, maybe Iowa needs to completely rethink even doing it 50% of the time, 40% of the time, whatever it is, because we see teams just can't do it at the same level anymore. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. Um, obviously, yeah, in the NFL, uh, it's practically every single team is going to run. You know, they're, they're, they're going to have their zone runs. It's very, very common in the NFL. Um, you know, especially here living out in Chicago suburbs, watching the Bears, they run zone runs all the time. Um, and obviously it helps when you have the type of athletes and type of linemen that you typically have in the NFL to be able to get on those guys and move them um the way you need to move them without having to cut block. But even in the NFL, you can still cut block like within the box. And now when you get into college football and you kind of you take that away. Not only do you not have the type of offensive lineman you're going to have, you typically have on an NFL roster. Even if you have 
um, you know, a superstar offensive lineman. Um, offensive line play is a, it's a group thing. Um, and then when you take away the fact that they can't cut block, especially like on the back sides of those runs, um, it can make it a lot more difficult. So like when you think of, so inside zone um, running scheme, there's not really cut blocking um, too much of, at all, unless, you know, you have a tight end who's sealing on the backside, or you have a fullback that's sealing on the backside and coming backwards to, to, uh, to cut the, the defensive end. Um, but if those guys aren't involved in the play, typically you're not going to cut on inside zone runs. So inside zone is typically going to be left alone, but where the issue comes is an outside zone runs. And we know that Iowa has done it a bunch. I mean, we ran it a bunch when I was there and I know that before I was there, they, they ran it a ton. And obviously over the past few years, haven't been able to really get into it as much um, as probably that, that they would like to. I mean, I can think back, even in my senior year, like we started having to go away from a little bit because I remember I had a long <laughs> touchdown run against Rutgers to start off the uh, mm-hmm. second half. And I got called for a block below the waist on a cup block. I remember Coach parents was just going off on the sideline <laughs> while the refs about it. Um but that's when they really started started calling it, and we started kind of going away from that because uh, the reason why you want to do that is because when you think of outside zone, you want to get guys running, right? You want to get the, the defense kind of moving um, side to side. It's not as vertical as your inside zone play. So you'll do that. you got to run. And, you know, those defensive linemen, those are fast guys, um, very athletic. And so typically sometimes the only way that your backside offensive lineman is going to be able to cut off, um, you know, a shade or a, or a guy person that has inside leverage is by trying to run and just getting a, getting a, a cut block out there. But the fact that they take that away um, makes it much more difficult for those linemen to be able to get those blocks and, and get that hat and be able to get them moved and get them displaced, which then makes it difficult on the running backs where now like I've got, just got to keep running to the sideline because if I try to cut back or stick my foot in the ground, um, those guys, the defenders are going to be right there. And so I'm going to have to either, uh, Hopefully, if 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 it if it hits quick enough, you know you can run through an arm tackle. But a lot of times, you know, it, it just doesn't. So, um, yeah, it's it's definitely something that you're obviously you're gonna have to adjust the way you coach it a bunch, which they've been doing. Um, but also, obviously, you've got to start involving a lot more runs. Like you can't just go ahead and and give everyone the same look um, that we've typically done in the past, just because defense will will anticipate it and they're gonna anticipate. Um, you know, those steps from the offensive linemen and be able to flow and get in front of everything. Um, so you can't get that hat on the hat. Um, you can't get those guys kind of moving through um, out the different gaps that you want them to be. And then the running backs can't stick their foot in the ground and be able to get vertical, get upfield. Um, and I feel like that was something that we saw a bunch um, last year. But even when um, Tyler was the running back, a couple of years ago, like we know how his ability as a runner was, right? He was definitely a person that wanted to get out in space, but the fact that they couldn't um, really cut down that, that backside and get those backside defenders, right? It made it difficult, more difficult for him to be able to create some of those explosive plays. So yeah, it, there's a lot of things that's going to have to come with it. So he changed some of the philosophies that, that I was typically been used to. Um, but I think that, you know, they, they've got a good, they've got a good coaching staff there. Um, Coach Ferentz, um, the staff, they know what they're doing. Um, but sometimes they will just have to obviously look into look inward and it's like, okay, just how the rules are going, we can't run this as much. So let's let's get back into running some powers. Let's get back into running um, you know, some counter plays, which we saw a lot more this year than we've typically seen in the past. And I um will anticipate that we'll probably start seeing that a little bit more 
um, uh, as some of the years go on. So, One other thing that I find interesting. So looking at the roster here this spring, you only have two fullbacks. And one of those, the anticipated starter, Eli Miller, a walk-on from Colorado, he tore his ACL. He's out for this year. So they only have one listed. Maybe they'll move a guy over from linebacker. I mean, that kind of makes the most sense. Or or can he find a backup offensive lineman? He kind of have that supersized guy. Or is this telling us, without telling us, that Iowa potentially is moving away from the fullback? And maybe this conversation that we're having right now, LaShawn, is a big part of that. Understanding, and he mentioned, you know, the, the backside with the fullback and what they have to do blocking and those kind of things that they're understanding too. Hey, this is antiquated. We have to move away. We have to evolve. And with it, the fullback, not completely gone, but if he plays, it's going to be maybe a half dozen snaps. It's goal line, and that's about it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's 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 a little frustrating to see, you know, the, the, how much the fullback is really kind of going away from, from football. And, you know, a lot of times now, obviously, the fullbacks, they, they're with the tight ends now, and, and they spend a bunch of time with them. Um, but, you know, there's they they've really kind of gone away from that from that true fullback now and the fact of the matter is you can't block a lot of the runs uh as you've been able to in the past i mean like you know you think of like a stretch run on outside the box and you get a fullback out leaning in front of you and you know you go and they cut a db down or whatever right like that like a bunch of that stuff you just you know you just you can't do do um and the way that football is going uh, it's a lot of spreading people out. You know, it's not as much as that that kind of ground and pound and, uh, you know, eight guys in the box, you know, 10 guys on the line of scrimmage, all that stuff, uh, type of run of football. And, you know, it that trend has even been in the NFL. I mean, a bunch of teams that, that do carry fullbacks, I mean, their fullbacks, they do a bunch of other things. I mean, a uh, team that uh, you see a bunch, 49ers and Kyle Juszczyk, obviously he's a fullback, but he's basically a tight end, right? They, they split him out um, a bunch. They'll put him in the backfield as a running back. Uh, he's not just a fullback. So I feel like just kind of moving forward, um, you know, especially as the, the fullbacks work more and more with the tight ends. Um, obviously, Monte uh, worked a bunch with them. Um, there were times where he'd be lined up at tight end. Um, so to be able to have that ability is the really only way that, that fullbacks, if you are a fullback and you're, and you're obviously playing football, college football, um professional football that you've got to be able to have that that tight end ability and just the way that how football is going now i mean it it really is almost like the death of a fullback so that's why whenever you do see a fullback in there and you see them get a get a get a great block or you know they get a carry and they get a they get a nice run like it's always good to see but yeah i mean that's just the way uh football's moving we are just a couple of days away from the open practice no longer a spring game those weren't around when LaShawn played haven't been around for a couple of decades in Iowa City, but what's it like for the end of the tunnel as you make your way out for the spring practice? We'll talk about that with LaShawn as we continue here on Locked On Hawkeyes. Today's episode is brought to you by Built, and something exciting is coming to Built.com in just a couple of days, April 22nd. Now, we don't have all the details yet, but the excitement is real, and it's something you won't want to miss. If you know how Built works, They have the most incredible protein bars in the world, and they do amazing flavor jobs with great flavors in limited quantity. Mark your calendars, head to Built.com on Saturday, April 22nd to be one of the first to discover what all the hype is about. I can't wait to see what this new flavor is, and make sure you use the promo code LOCKEDON15 
and you'll get 15% off your order at built.com. Trey Connell, Sean Daniels, back with you on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen every day. All right, a couple minutes left with LaShawn, and let's get into spring, the last one. This last practice, it's an open practice. You get a couple thousand people that make their way into Kinnick. They can't tailgate, so that frustrates people like me. So then you got to just sneak a beer or two before. Don't tell anybody. That's what I like to do. But for you guys, you get to the end. It's coming down. When you're a veteran, I'm sure it's a lot different than when you're trying to make your mark in the Iowa program. But what these last couple of days are, the grind, the 15 practices, and I mean, is there is there any anticipation for the open practice at the end, or is it just another practice? It really just ends up being another practice. Um, like when you're a vet, you're just happy that it's like you're like it's the last day. <laughs> you're just so you're just so happy about it. you're like finally, like it's it's over. Um, but yeah, I mean it's it's really just like another practice. And like as a vet, like you're not you're not really getting that much work. Like you'll get you'll get um, you know a little bit of work. Obviously, just, you know, being in that environment, having a crowd. Um, but a lot of this, a lot of the time is going to be spent focused on some of the, the developmental guys and some of the guys who are obviously trying to continue to make their mark. Um, because at this point in time, we've already had multiple scrimmages. We've already gone, um, you know, heads banging for, you know, two hours out there at a practice. So, um, and obviously, at this point in time, you don't want to uh, – Put any of your guys who you anticipate or who are going to be, uh, you know, big time players for you in the fall. You don't want to put them in, in harm's way. So you obviously, uh, yeah, it's a, you're you're pumped that it's the last day of practice. Vets aren't really going to get that much work, and you you will early. Like um, I think I'm trying to think. Like my last couple of years, like we had like we'll like we would do like a quick like nine on seven, like a quick seven on seven, and then like we would run like a quarter of work but really it wasn't even like a quarter of work it was it really was like 10 plays which is mm-hmm. which is which would be like barely uh a full set in a um in like a regular practice so like uh there's not a lot of work that, that goes into it but this is an opportunity though for you know some of those young guys to, to get out there in front of a crowd um show what they can do not only to to the coaches and your teammates in that environment but also to the fans and mm-hmm. we know that you know being a fan favorite's definitely definitely fun um you know early on but obviously you you want to continue to make an impression and each one of those practices for a young guy um are are a big deal so well we know coach Ferentz is not known for pregame speeches last thing for you LaShawn does he even say anything before spring practice or like let's just go work (laughs) no he doesn't say he doesn't really say anything (laughs) like we'll have I don't even know I'm trying to think like We'll have like a, we'll have like a quick team meeting. Um, uh-huh. We'll we'll break out like quick. Um, like I mean, Coach Ferentz obviously just, he was tell us uh, obviously go out there, play hard, um, be smart to your teammates. Um, obviously don't do anything dumb, and uh-huh. then he'll <laughs> go ahead and out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> then they'll we'll, then we'll break up into like position groups. Uh, coach will t- uh, your coach will tell you like how much anticipate you're going you're going to play. Um, obviously if you really well to start like they'll pull you out early and get some of the other guys in um whatnot so yeah there's, there's not really too much that's going on to it it's just again it's going to be another another practice just another opportunity to get better and um you know really just continue to focusing on, on a lot of the development on some of those younger guys at this point in time in the uh spring prep so 
Awesome. Hey, LaShawn, know you got to bounce. You got to get back to work. I'll wrap things up and we'll talk to you again next week. Yes, yes, sir. Go Hawks. That's LaShawn Daniels joining us as he does here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Great stuff from him and always appreciate the time from LaShawn. Well, when we come back, it is press conference day. We will hear from the coordinators. Yeah, we're going to preview a press conference. First time we actually get to hear from Brian Ferentz since his contract was changed. Of course, the 25-point stipulation was put in there as well. What are we going to hear later today? That's coming up on Lockdown Hawkeyes. Trent Connor back with you one final time on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. Well, every day or tomorrow, you are going to get something. Yes, and we will hear from Brian Ferentz coming up along with Phil Parker and LeVar Woods. We'll hear from all the coordinators, offense, defense, and special teams. We'll talk about that, and you can anticipate I will have plenty of reactions. So what are we going to hear? What are we going to hear later this afternoon? And I understand that there's excitement. People want to get pumped up about it, right? You want to see what he's going to say. Is any of the beat writers going to have a gotcha moment? And look, they're not going to get much. I don't think we're going to get any fireworks. We're not going to have a pound the fist, uh, the table kind of thing, anything like that. The lecture from Brian Ferentz. That's not what it's going to be. The media members, remember, they have a job. And I know us as fans. And I, I still, yes, though I'm technically part of the media, I host a daily radio show and do what we do here on the podcast side of things. I'm still a fan more than what the beat writers have to be because they have that working relationship. And that's what it is. Though they are not employed by the university, though they have to be the ones that work to get the answers to the questions that we as fans ultimately want, it still has to be a working relationship. And you're not going to hear Tom Cakert or David Eichold or Scott Dockerman or Chad Leistico or on and on and on. You're not going to hear those guys go out there. This, this is not going to be like, what's the movie? What am I thinking of? We're, we're the, the Colonel Jessup, right? We're not going to get that. We're, you want the truth. You can't handle the truth. We're not going to get those kind of things. That's not what this is. It's not the way that this is going to go. It has to be a working relationship. And if you go full throttle, you go after a coach. Well, unfortunately, there's going to be repercussions for that, be it even if you are not taken off the beat, still, what kind of response are you going to get when you're trying to get answers to questions? So I think we all have to realize that, that that's not going to happen. They're going to ask tough questions. They're not going to ask it in maybe the pointed way that you want. Hey, Brian, why does your offense suck? That's not what you're going to get. But what you're going to get is why has it struggled? What have you done to change? And we probably won't like the answers, but that is the reality. We'll have a full breakdown for you every day. It's coming up tomorrow on Lockdown Hawkeyes. Earlier this week, we heard from Brevin Dahl. Big appreciation to Brevin for uh, joining us here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Hey, if you like that as well, if you like hearing from the recruits after their commitment, let me know in the comments section on YouTube, or you can hit me up on Twitter at Trent Condon. And if that's something that you like, we'll work to do more of that here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast feed. We'll get more of those people out there. If that's something that you enjoyed, hey, we're working for you and making this better for everybody out there. That does it for today on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Reaction coming away. That'll be in your feed early Friday morning. We'll get that out to you right away and get you up to date on everything we hear today from Brian Ferentz, from Phil Parker, from LeVar Woods, a breakdown of the press conferences, and then get ready for Saturday and the open practice in Kinnick Stadium. That does it for today. Thanks for joining us on Lockdown Hawkeyes each and every day. Your team every day. That's what we do on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Go Hawks.